So let's go into your next patient, the 68-year-old man with pancreatic cancer. Sure. So this patient had been followed down at John Hopkins for years with a diagnosis of prostate cancer, pretty indolent, hormone-sensitive disease. I'm not sure the sequence it, but he had a CAT scan done. In relationship to that, I don't think there was any symptoms. He was found to have a small tumor found in his pancreas, and he underwent a distal pancreatectomy lymph node dissection in March of 07. The path stage was a T2N0 a well-differentiated adenocarcinoma of the pancreas. We saw him. He's from New Jersey, so he came to us. He was very embedded in John Hopkins, so we've really been working together over the last, how many years now? Seven years. Anyway, so post-op, he received single-agent gemcitabine followed by radiation therapy and then sort of a sandwich adjuvant program followed by more gem and finished in late 2007 and followed carefully, both with us, but more at John Hopkins. Saw him in April of 2013, I believe. And at that time, he had an umbilical lymph node, and he was presenting with initially not so much, but developed sort of shortness of breath, kind of same time. CAT scans done showed a pleural effusion, right pleural effusion, and the subcutaneous nodule was biopsied. It was adenocarcinoma. Consistent with his pancreas, the fluid was tapped, a pleurex catheter placed, and he was begun on gemcitabine and nabpaclitaxel. And we treated him pretty aggressively. It was sort of initially day one, day eight, every 21 days. And we kind of stretched it out because of cytopenias and neuropathy to day one, day eight, every 28 days, but really received good doses for almost six months of therapy. Repeat scans, end of 2013, really everything stable. His physician, Dr. Lajero, down in John Hopkins, we talked, and I was dying to get him off therapy, and so was Dan. We, we both felt that he would do well with a break. And so he's been off therapy now for about three to four months. And his last CAT scan done a few weeks ago showed certainly no significant progression. He has very small pulmonary nodules, probably related to his disease, but they're not growing very quickly. So he's currently off treatment. His performance status is excellent and has done better than I would have expected. So I'm kind of curious, before I ask Johanna for her thoughts about this, when you decided to institute systemic therapy with the GEM, nabpaclitaxel, what were you thinking? What options did you discuss with him? And how did you come to the conclusion to use that treatment? So that was my first choice. I'm not a big Fulfirinox person. I've used it, but I actually, I think I heard Johanna talk about <laughs> Jeb Nabpak a while ago. We've used it in our practice. We're I am a Bob Fine believer in a way. I like GTX. I've used that. I think the sequential, the taxanes and gemcitabine, there's something going on there. So that's kind of how I came. It turned out that Dan Leheru felt that this is what he would use as well. So for me, it was an easy choice. So Johanna, I guess first question is, any comments about the delayed recurrence here Seems like it was, what, five years or more? Yeah, it was about six years. So again, with this patient in particular, we're seeing something to say about the natural history of his disease. I mean, he was originally diagnosed, and it was almost happenstance that he was diagnosed, had the T2N0 resection, 
got appropriate adjuvant therapy, and then had the recurrence six years later, which is pretty far out for pancreas cancer. So I think his disease is telling us a little bit about its rate of growth, though it did not respond at all to adjuvant therapy, one could argue. And then he had a very odd recurrence, I mean, with a pleural effusion and an umbilical node. So definitely his disease is not your typical, if you can say typical, metastatic pancreatic cancer. He's also, though, had a wonderful response to gemcitabine and nabpaclitaxel. I mean, a complete response of his lymph node, his pleural effusion is no longer an issue. And I think, you know, Dan and I were talking after we saw this patient, oftentimes with pancreas cancer patients, you're hesitant to take them off any therapy because... When they do start to progress, pancreatic cancer patients can progress very quickly before you have a chance to get a new therapy started. But with this gentleman's long-term history of a long disease-free interval between surgery and recurrence, and as well as his significant response to gemcitabine and nabpaclitaxel, you know, he might be somebody that I might wait and give him some time off from therapy. It was interesting in seeing him he really remarked upon his neuropathy. It's been something that's been a very big detriment to his quality of life. He has difficulty walking, and even more poignantly, he has issues with his balance. He said he was walking down the street in New York. They'd gone in for a day trip, and all of a sudden, he couldn't walk in a straight line. So all of those factors combined together, I think it's very reasonable to give him a little bit of a break because if he does recur what he's looking at is either more gemcitabine plus nabpaclitaxel, which could worsen his neuropathy. He's looking at fulfirinox with oxaliplatin, which could worsen his neuropathy. Or you could try something like single-agent gemcitabine or single-agent 5-fluorouracil or even potentially a fulfiri-type approach, but probably one of those neurotoxic agents is something he's going to need. So maybe you can review where we are today, Johanna, with systemic therapy in the first line for pancreatic, particularly what we know about fulfirinox, what we know about NAB-GEM, and how do you go about deciding which or what to do in terms of induction treatment? Yeah, so for the first time, we actually have choices when it comes to treating patients with metastatic pancreatic cancer. And so we have two regimens, both which have shown us positive first-line data. The first one is the Fulfirinox regimen, which came out of France. And this was a study that was looking at fulfirinox versus single-agent gemcitabine for patients with metastatic pancreatic cancer and really showed a benefit in terms of overall survival for these patients with an overall survival of 10 to 11 months, which is something that we haven't really seen before in a randomized phase three study for patients with metastatic pancreatic cancer. But even more interestingly, we saw a response rate about 30-35% with this regimen, which is also something that we had really never seen before with metastatic pancreatic cancer. About the same time, or about a year later, we saw data from gem-nab-paclitaxel compared to gem-cytobine alone, and this showed us an overall survival of about 8.5 months with a response rate of about 25%. And this was a worldwide study, whereas the Fulfirinox study was conducted exclusively in France and research centers that had been used to using Fulfirinox. The impact study, or the gem-nab-paclitaxel study, was done worldwide at multiple centers. So... It's hard to compare data between the two studies. 
That being said, which do I use first for my patients with metastatic pancreatic cancer? If you look at my personal chemotherapy utilization, you'll probably see more gemcitabine and nabpaclitaxel being used. And that's more because that has become for many of the clinical trials in first-line metastatic pancreatic cancer, the new chemotherapy backbone. There's many more trials that are using gemnapaclitaxel as the chemo backbone rather than fulfirinox, potentially because of toxicities that are thought to potentially be worse with fulfirinox than gemnapaclitaxel. In addition, a lot of us who use fulfirinox dose modify it before we even start. So a lot of us will drop the boluses of the 5-FU and leucovorin possibly modify the arenotecan dosing, but at least drop those boluses. So it makes you wonder, you know, do you have that same efficacy? How consistent are the dose modifications and dose reductions that people are using in real life practice? So there may be a little bit more question there in terms of using it as a treatment backbone without very specific dose modification instructions. Where do I use Fulfirinox most? I do use it for patients and there's no FDA approval here. There's no data here, but I do use it for patients that have locally advanced disease that I might be trying to potentially convert them to surgically resectable just because of that response rate that we've seen now with Fulfirinox that might be an option where I would use it a little bit more. But I think that you're going to be seeing both regimens being used either as first or second line therapy with the other one being used as the next follow-up therapy for patients with metastatic disease. Is there an age where you start thinking twice about Fulfirinox? This man now is currently 68. Yeah, he is currently 68, but I think that you do start to worry about cytopenias in particular for patients as they get older. And we have seen that when we query medical oncologists about which regimen they might feel more comfortable with with an older patient, it's probably gemnapaclitaxel. And I can understand that. Fulfirinox can be a very intensive regimen. The arenotecan can cause a lot of diarrhea, so people can get behind pretty quickly. So you definitely have to have a hearty patient to treat. Any other comments, Dan, about this man as a patient? You know, Neil, he's very, um, we saw a lot of optimistic people today. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we saw a lot of people doing, yeah, you're right. He's very realistic. He understands this disease is definitely not behind him, but he's very kind of similar to what we had said before. He's looking at each day, trying to do what he can do. 